you love the Dastardly Decimal System and want more? Our Patreon is the best way to get that. Members will get access to show notes, official artwork, our new bonus episode series called Cleaning Up After Tea Time, and of course, plenty of cat pics of Vega voice actors, Vash and Zid. This can all be found at patreon.com slash dastardlydecimalsystem. And now, I am far too large to ever leave. Even if I tore the entire place down around me, I could not claw my way to the surface from here. Instead, I remain buried in a prison of my parents' making, far beneath a sky that I have never seen. Thembershad's Lament Welcome, humble adventurers, to my realm of knowledge and mystery. Here, in my cursed library, are endless tomes and scrolls on the darkest and evilest foes in all the realms, be they from Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, the many worlds of darkness, or any realm in between. Welcome to the Dastardly Decimal System. I'm your caretaker of the corrupt, the librarian, Caster Kane. Dragons are magical creatures existing all across the multiverse. They are seemingly eternal beasts who thrive on building their hordes. Even the most altruistic of them, the golds and the silvers, still find themselves consumed by their greed. They are dangerous, powerful, and deadly, and yet we are still drawn to them. So give me a moment as I brew up a pot of golden tea. Not only is it thematically accurate, but it also helps manage a disease often seen in larger kin. This is important as we look at the Father of Flame, the Everburning, and the Foundry's Heart. Today, we are talking about Thembershad, the Wormsmith of Gracklestug. Of all the dragons that exist in Faerun, the red-scaled ones were the most feared. They were highly intelligent, vastly brutal, and incredibly cruel. Their greed for gold was only topped by the sadistic pleasure they got into manipulating other dragons into giving up their hordes to them. The red dragons were Tiamat's favorite children. They embodied the worst that dragonkind had to offer. To most, the worst sight imaginable was the image of a red dragon gracefully soaring through the air, breathing fire down from above. Thembershod wasn't a typical red dragon though. While he had the same scales, red like lava, and he had the same eyes that glowed a bright yellow, there was a major difference that separated him from the rest of his kin. He was fat, and I mean very fat. Thembertoad was a vastly overweight dragon whose size dwarfed any of its kind. He had a massive round gut and struggled to take to the air 
let alone fly. Just for comparison's sake, the biggest of the great worms grows to roughly 35 feet in length and weighs an average of 5,000 pounds. Thembershode, however, measured 21 feet long in just his head alone. And some rumors? Well, they put his weight between 12 to 15,000 pounds. Thembershode was not an intelligent dragon. Okay, he was far more intelligent than any humanoid, and infinitely smarter than any white dragon. But when compared to his red brethren, he was just a simple-minded worm. He enjoyed feasting, sleeping, and growing his horde. He was still prideful and vain, and his ego was so big that he considered it impossible that someone would not agree to his orders. On the rare occurrence when someone did disobey, he simply burned them and carried on as normal. He was a dragon who mostly spoke in Dwarven, often believing that his draconic tongue was far too great and superior for the lesser races to hear. Thembershode spent most of his days sleeping, feasting, and contently watching over his self-appointed domain. Now why does that sound familiar? <laughs> no, of course I wasn't talking about you, Vega. Not at all. To speak of the history of Thembershode requires us to look at the history of Garacklestug, deep in the Underdark. In a region known as the North Dark is Garacklestug, the City of Blades. It was a cavern city and a subterranean port. Alongside its Duagar population, the city acted as home for the insane Darrow the fiendish half-breed Durzagon, stone giants, and even the orcs. Gracklesdug had the largest military force in all of the Underdark, but lacked any significant number of arcane or divine casters. What they did have, however, were their great forges. Gracklesdug had hundreds of smelters and foundries located amongst the stalagmites, the city's air was smoky and filled with haze, and it echoed with the industrial sounds of fire, steam, and the near constant sound of iron ringing. The city was known for superior quality weapons, outstanding armors, and legendary swords. They were also known for their superior arrowheads, their exceptional mining and smithing equipment, and tools whose quality was so great that even the drow sought them out. When they weren't at war with each other, of course. Those legendary achievements in crafting were only achieved by keeping the flames of their forges at an incredible heat. A feat accomplished by the breath of a red dragon, otherwise known as the Wormsmith. 
deep in the city's district was the lair that now belonged to Thembershad, the Red Dragon. Thembershad was hatched within his chamber in Gracklestug. He was the latest of the Wormsmiths, and a descendant of the previous one. From a young age, he was put to work, walking around the city and using his fiery breath to ignite the forges, all while his every need were being met. In exchange for his fiery breath, the city gave him gold and treasure for his hoard, and slaves for him to feast upon. It was a life of decadence and hedonism, both aspects that Thembershad enjoyed. Within the city, the dragon's needs were tended to by the keepers of the flame. They obeyed his every whim and defended his lair from a nearby guardhouse while he was on his rounds. They kept him content through persuasion, appeasement, and even speaking on his behalf to others. This was the deal struck between the worm and Hogar Steelshadow IV, the king of Gracklestug at that time. In truth, the keepers had a much darker agenda. In order to join their order, one must have proved that they had skills in psionic manipulation. Each member was part scion and part cleric. It was their job to keep Thembershoud under control. Using their strong mind magic, they would enter his mind and twist it until his thoughts matched their own. They had been doing this to him since before the day of his hatching. For years, Thembershod was content with his existence. He patrolled the city, ignited their forges, and then reveled in his hoard and grew fat on the city's more disobedient slaves, of which there must have been a great number judging by his size. He had even been called upon to defend the city in the middle of an attack. <laughs> How startling that must have been to witness. Let me just paint you a picture. Hawk-goblins have invaded the city, accompanied by bugbears and goblins. Their forces number in the tens of thousands. Through trickery and guile, they have breached the perimeter and stormed into the city's center. Every goblin's face is filled with murderous glee, and every hobgoblin is filled with a sense of pride that comes from a cunning military victory. They see a dark cave and decide to approach. Suddenly, the glowing yellow eyes become clear, and a burst of flame lunges out from the darkness. An entire platoon vanishes in mere seconds, burned alive and turned into ash. Emerging from the cave is the largest dragon they have ever seen. Its gut is gigantic, round, and bulbous. The dragon waddles forward with hunger and rage in its eyes. Platoons either freeze in disbelief or immediately turn tail and try to flee. But Thembershad is already angered. Using great effort, it takes to the sky and unleashes another tongue of flame. Breath after breath, it burns away the invaders until their numbers are so small that the Dugar no longer need his assistance. When the battle is over, 
Thembershad is found once more in his lair. The sound of his heaving gasps echoes across the city. The dragon is clearly out of breath, but content as he feasts once more on goblins. As the dragon got older, he grew stronger and more restless. He had developed a resistance to the psionic intrusions of the keeper, and had become very discontent with the limited supply of food and gold being offered to him. New ideas began to brew inside of his mind. Thoughts of controlling the entire city began to percolate. He knew there was much the keepers had kept from him, but he had decided to watch and observe before confronting them. He watched the city's affairs, taking notice of the Keeper's bid for power, and their war with the city's thieves' guild, the Grey Ghosts. As the political drama began to unfold, he began to recruit agents of his own, granting each of them a golden badge that let them walk within the city unaccosted. Themberchad's actions did not go unnoticed. The Keepers of the Flame had become aware of his restlessness and his desire for power. It wasn't uncommon for a red dragon to grow into their sinister and manipulative nature. This was when the Keepers would normally slay the Wormsmith and replace it with a newly hatched youngling. But their plans had been waylaid by those meddlesome great ghosts. The thieves had broken into the Keepers' lair and stolen the dragon egg. Left without a replacement, and unwilling to have the forges go silent, the Keepers continued to deal with Thembershad. A campaign of espionage began between the two factions, as agents from each stormed the Grey Ghost compound in search of the egg. Fights between the two broke out, and battles occur, but the egg was eventually found by Thembershad's agents and returned to him. Content in his victory, the Red Dragon instantly smashed the egg, forever cementing his position within the city. As his cold war against the Keepers of the Flame continued, bigger events were occurring within the Underdark. Deep in the darkest corners, several demon lords were set free upon the material plane. The event was known as the Rage of Demons, and it rippled across all of Faerun, its aftermath causing great chaos and spreading a demonic madness. For Gracklestug, the battle weakened their numbers and pulled their already divided attention even further apart. This weakness allowed for a mind flare to enter the city. The Duergar's latest ruler, Hogar Steelshadow V, had succumbed to the demonic madness and the mind flare saw opportunity. He took advantage of that weakness and dominated the city, even using its psionic assault to invade and subdue Thembershad's mind. When the Order of the Burning Dawn collection of surface-dwelling do-gooders entered the city looking for the fabled moon tier. 
that came across the Mind Flayer and eventually slayed it. Thembershad, now free of the psionic assault, bestowed upon these heroes the greatest honor the Red Dragon could think of. He didn't eat them. While the rage of demons has long since ended, there are still some who think its effects still exist. There are rumors that say Thembershot was not himself. They say that the revered dragon had been possessed by a demon lord. Frankly, I find the idea kind of humorous. Suddenly a force like Demogorgon or Kratz has arrived on the material plane. It possesses a powerful red dragon, only to find itself sitting around, eating, and getting fatter. Okay, perhaps that's right up Gratz's alley. Despite the belief that he could never escape, Thembershad is no longer in Gracklestube. He has departed the city and now resides in a new location within the Underdark. He resides in the hanging city of Dolbunde, a gnome city. It is unknown how or why the Red Dragon left Gracklestube, but due to my more recent, let's say, cinematic research, I have learned that the Rotund Dragon now lives in a new lair. Do the Keepers of the Flame find a new dragon? Did the deal with the Steel Shadow Clan finally run its course? And have the Forges finally run silent? The interesting twist, however, is that Dolbunde was once home to a different dragon, Dargothoth. Dargothoth is a black dracolich and a powerful archmage. He is viewed as one of the most powerful creatures in all of Faerun, with power and magic that may even rival the lesser gods. So how did Thembershot come to live in the dracolich's lair? And where's the dracolich now? And what will happen when the Dracolich comes home? The story of Thembershad is a tragic one. It is a story of abuse, manipulation, and malicious grooming. Thembershad was born into subjugation, his child mind manipulated and twisted by his captors. Now, as an adult dragon whose age is well into the 400s and bordering on 500 years old, he has finally freed himself from the toxicity that was his life. Red dragons are far from the moral standard by which we should abide, but even they do not deserve the tragedy that has become of such a childhood. While I shudder at the thought of the chaos and suffering that Thembershot can cause on the surface, there is still a part of me that wishes that one day he finally gets a chance to see the blue sky that he so often dreams about, and to perhaps even clumsily fly amongst it. Well, it seems that our tea has run dry, which means our time is up. 
Join me again in my library for more stories and lore about the darkest villains from the darkest realms. This has been the Dastardly Decimal System, and once again, I am your librarian, Caster Kane. The Dastardly Decimal System can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DD System Podcast. That's Delta Delta System Podcast. Drop us a message and say hi. Vega always loves the attention. This podcast was produced by Midnight Reading Audio, a division of Midnight Reading Publishing. The voice of Castor Kane is Larry Gent. Hi. The voice of Vega the Cat was provided by my cats, Fash and Zid. Music was Alone in the Darkness by Lee Robinson from Pixabay.com, licensed under the Creative Commons. Thank you for joining us, and have a wonderful, wonderful evening.